Hello, this is Gurmeher from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 11th of February. In a significant development, Lieutenant Governor of Delhi, VK Saxena has removed two nominees from the private power distribution company's boards. The two nominees, AAP spokesperson Jasmine Shah and Naveen N.D. Gupta, were backed by the Aam Aadmi Party and had been appointed as governor nominees on the boards of privately owned discoms BYPL, BRPL owned by Anil Ambani and NDP-DCL owned by Tata. The lieutenant governor has stated that the removal of the AAP nominees is based on a report by the chief secretary that alleged that the nominees provided financial benefits to private discoms at the cost of the state exchequer. The AAP has called the order unconstitutional and illegal, stating that only elected government has the power to issue orders on electricity. The lieutenant governor has replaced the AAP nominees with senior government officers and has invoked difference of opinion under Article 239AA of the Constitution. The lieutenant governor has said that appointing senior government officials on these boards was the norm until AAP government nominated its party functionaries. The removal of the AAP nominees has reignited the long-standing feud between the Delhi government, led by Arvind Kejriwal, and the lieutenant governor. The Delhi government has a 49% stake in the private discoms and used to nominate senior government officials to represent the government's interest on the discom boards. In a previous statement, Arvind Kejriwal had said that according to a 2018 Supreme Court judgment, the lieutenant governor has no independent decision-making power. He reminded that there is a clear division of power with police, land and public order falling under the lieutenant governor and every other subject being under the elected government of Delhi. The disagreements between the Delhi chief minister and the lieutenant governor continue with the recent meeting between the two lasting over an hour. Arvind Kejriwal has requested the lieutenant governor not to politicise the life and survival of Delhiites and set bad precedents for the future. In another latest development, the Supreme Court has imposed a fine of 50,000 rupees on the Uttar Pradesh government for challenging a Allahabad High Court order. The High Court had directed the government to pay gratuity to the wife of deceased employee who had passed away while in service. Justice M.R. Shah and B.V. Nagaratna of the division bench took exception to the state challenging such cases in the Supreme Court, which often resulted in the aggrieved person being deprived of the compensatory amount. The court ordered, and I quote, We deprecate the practice of state filing such cases before the apex court. Hence, the appeal is dismissed with the cost of 50,000 rupees payable by the appellant to the respondent within a period of four weeks from today, unquote. The Supreme Court ruled that the respondent, wife of the deceased, was entitled to the benefit of the government order dated 16th of September 2009, and the death come retirement gratuity being the heir of the deceased husband. The court also noted that the deceased employee had no chance to exercise the option to retire, as he died prior to the government order and there was no merit in the appeal made by the state. Today, the Enforcement Directorate has made yet another arrest in the Delhi excise policy case. The agency has arrested Raghav Magunta, son of YSRCP MP, Magunta Srinivasalu Reddy. This marks the ninth arrest in this ongoing investigation, as the ED continues to probe allegations of irregularities in the formulation and implementation of the Delhi excise policy. According to the ED, the quote-unquote South Group, which included Raghav and his father, TRS MLC K. Kavata, and Aurobindo Pharma Director P. Sarat Chandra Reddy, paid around 100 crore in kickbacks through former AAP communications in charge Vijayanayar. The group was said to have been behind the new excise policy that came with an unusually high profit margin for wholesalers and retailers. ED's investigation has revealed that the quote-unquote South Group members, who were represented by Arun Pillai, Hyderabad businessman Abhishek Bonipalli, and Bucci Babu Gorantala, received undue favours in exchange for the kickbacks. 
This included securing stakes in the wholesale business and holding multiple retail licenses. Indospirits, a liquor manufacturing company, was formed with a 65% partnership given to the two representatives of the quote-unquote South Group. According to Prem Rahul Manduri, he was a dummy for Raghav in the business of Indospirits. The funds under scrutiny have been traced back to Manduri and reportedly flowed through various entities including Magunta Agro Farms Limited, which the ED alleges was controlled by Raghav and his father. This is not the only case that the ED is investigating, as they have also arrested Chariot Productions' Rajesh Joshi and Gautam Malhotra, son of former Shirumani Akali Dal MLA Deep Malhotra, in connection with money laundering in the liquor business. These arrests are part of the ED's ongoing efforts to crack down on corrupt practices and money laundering in the country. Listeners, a 32-year-old man from Gandhinagar recently lost his life while attempting to cross the border to the US but he is just one of the many victims of the dangerous world of illegal immigration. Our new NLCNA series, Ways to Disappear, will look at the hidden camps run by touts and try to uncover the truth behind the American dreams which have fatal consequences. Contribute to this NLCNA project to help us tell the story. We bring you such analysis and reports only because you've got our back. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. A subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. In a recent press conference, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman spoke about the new tax regime, saying that it will greatly benefit the middle class by leaving them with more money in their hands. Instead of trying to force people to invest through government programs, she believes they should have the freedom to make their own investment decisions. Under the updated tax system, no tax will be imposed on income up to 3 lakh. For income between 3 to 6 lakh, a 5% tax will be applied, 10% for 6 to 9 lakh, 15% for 9 to 12 lakh, 20% for 12 to 15 lakh and 30% for income of 15 lakh or more. However, there will be no taxes on annual income up to 7 lakh. When asked about the recent Adani Group crisis, the minister said that Indian regulators are experienced and knowledgeable in their field and are closely monitoring the situation. Regarding the regulation of crypto assets, she stated that India is participating in discussions with G20 nations to develop a shared framework. In response to a question about rising prices, RBI Governor Shakti Kanta Das stated that retail inflation is expected to be around 5.3% in 2023-24 and may decrease if crude oil prices remain stable. The RBI has assumed a $95 per barrel rate of crude oil for inflation projections for the next fiscal year. Regarding loan pricing, Mr. Das stated that market competition will determine the rates for both lending and deposit service as it is a deregulated segment. The International Monetary Fund IMF and Pakistan have failed to reach a staff-level agreement on a crucial $1.1 billion bailout package which is aimed at preventing the country from going bankrupt. The IMF mission led by Nathan Porter visited Islamabad from 31st January to 9th February to hold discussions. However, despite 10 days of talks, there's no agreements but the discussions remain inclusive. The 9th review is still pending and its completion shall bring in the next tranche of $1.1 billion. The IMF has said that virtual discussions will continue in the coming days to finalise the implementation details of the policies. The key priorities include strengthening the fiscal position, allowing the exchange rate to be market-determined and enhancing energy provision. The Pakistan Finance Minister Ishaq Dar confirmed that the government has received a memorandum from the IMF for the completion of a $7 billion loan programme, but both sides are yet to reach a staff-level agreement. Dar added that the country would receive a $1.2 billion disbursement after the review's completion. The finance secretary has rejected the impression of any disagreement and said that all things have been settled, but refused to divulge the details of the prior actions. 
the IMF mission came to Pakistan after the country agreed to take tough decisions, including restoring the market-based exchange rate and increasing petroleum prices. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you on Monday. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.